In this episode of the Average Climber podcast, I sit down with my co-host Caitlin to talk about something that I love, but I also find confusing, my nutrition. As this episode is being recorded, I'm in the thick of starting a new training cycle with my own coach and navigating the fact that I really like getting outside to ski as much as possible. We discuss how I can eat optimally around my training sessions, nutrition for big endurance days, and a whole lot more. Thanks for joining in and welcome to the Average Climber Podcast. Hey, Caitlin, how's it going? It's going pretty well, but it's weird that this is our first remote episode. So I it's know. feeling a little bit different. Yeah, that's that's okay. So I think since today is a change of pace with us recording remotely, I think today I want to talk about the mob. The mob. Yes, the mafia, Cosa Nostra. I want to talk <laughs> about it. And I, I need to tell you something about... Actually, no, I have, I have a mm, quiz question for you. Are you ready? Wow, getting quizzed in the first 30 seconds. Let's go. <laughs> well, you're about to be telling me what to do with my nutrition, so I felt like I needed to have a pedestal <laughs> to stand on of knowledge, and all I have fair. today are mob facts, so this is what we're doing. Okay. Very fair. So in the mob, I want you to like predict here. Do you think they cheat on their wives a lot in just the, ge- the general organized crime history? Oh, I'm going to go ahead and say there's probably been some... Uh, infidelity there. You you would be correct. But <laughs> do you think it's in the mob codes that infidelity is okay? No. I'm going to go ahead and guess no on that, that one. Is, that is a good guess. Why do you think it is? I think, think like we, a criminal. <laughs> <laughs> ooh, uh, ooh. I actually don't. God, I'm just too like... Yeah, it's okay. Criminalism gives me anxiety, Lauren. <laughs> you all might be thinking, oh, it might be because they have Catholic roots or maybe because we have lovable mobsters like Tony Soprano where they're family men. Mm. You might be kind of right. But the real rationale behind this is that your wife knows the secrets. And if you cheat yep. on her, she's going to be pissed and she's going to squawk. So you can't Ooh. cheat on your wife because she'll let out all the mob secrets. Yeah. No cheating or you'll get squawked. You'll Yeah. Or you're all going to jail or worse. <laughs> you can't cheat on your wife. The head boss gets mad about it. Wow. And if anyone wants to reference this, it is written in a book called Cosa Nostra, which is the history of the mafia. And I took a whole class on the mob in college. You took um, a class on the mafia? Wow. Yeah. It was called Mafia Movies, but we learned like a lot of history of the mob. So now I have tons of useless mob facts that I now get to use to distract Caitlin from telling me what I need to do with my <laughs> nutrition. So, Wow. Amazing uh, course education. I wonder where the alien and ghost stuff uh, came into fruition here. <laughs> that was that was of my own accord, I think. <laughs> I found that all on my own. <laughs> I love it. Well, shall we get into the nitty gritty of you? Ooh, sure. Okay. Um, I guess, first of all, maybe, Caitlin, do you want me to give everyone kind of like our background on working together and then maybe you can like fill in the gaps. Um, yeah. Give a, give a good summary uh, just to, yeah. Give the audience an idea of, you know, where you've been, where you are now and yeah, we'll, we'll carry on from there. 
Sweet. Sounds like a plan. Um, I also want everyone to know that this this episode idea was born of the fact that Caitlin and I were setting up a lot of meetings. And then I said, wow, this is too many goddamn meetings. We need to consolidate some of these. So then I said, we're turning so my consult <laughs> into a podcast episode because everybody benefits meetings. I'm like I left corporate America for less meetings and now we're just doing a lot of meeting with each other, which is great. But here we are. So this is the good life consolidation, but I think it will be helpful for you all to kind of understand like what a nutrition consult looks like and what you can work with a nutritionist on. Um, Cause I think it's kind of a mystery if you will. So, okay, let's start from the beginning. I guess it's like more than a year ago, Caitlin and I started working together um, mostly because we were like, I think you're cool. Do you want to like be buddies in business kind of um so then we did like coaching <laughs> crazies but like obviously caitlin's still my nutritionist nutritionist for life um but basically where we started from was i had a lot of stomach issues and i had already like had some background diagnostics done like when i started working with caitlin i literally probably sent her like 30 pages worth of like lab work and information about various food sensitivities, blah, 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 without getting into too many of the details, because honestly, it's kind of boring. I had a pretty imbalanced gut biome. I had stomach aches a lot. It was like every time I was eating, I had stomach aches. And then over the course of probably two years, I kind of got it figured out. And now I'm in a place where I have less food sensitivities. Pretty much I'm down to like when I started out with cutting foods out, it was like nuts, dairy, gluten, like everything don't eat this all things all things challenging and then now pretty much i can eat whatever um as long as it's not gluten so yeah and i don't really get as many stomach aches uh, i still do occasionally but things are a lot better so caitlin and i work together essentially to kind of get that figure out there were a lot of supplements involved yeah so it's kind of like maslow's hierarchy of needs here it was like make it so Lauren can eat without feeling bad um, was kind of like baseline. Now I'm in a way better place um, and I can kind of focus more on the, you know, like being an athlete thing and get a little bit more specific and fine tuned with my nutrition, which is part of what I want to talk to Caitlin about today. Did I miss anything? I feel like that's kind of a good summary of the last like year and a half. <laughs> yeah, definitely a good summary. And just to reiterate too, because everybody is so different and because of Lauren's history and her labs, we decided to take a really specific approach. So just remember that what you hear today is specific to Lauren because you're all individualized. Snowflakes. <laughs> everyone's special, a snowflake. special average snowflakes. We're <laughs> <Poor> average. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's it, it's definitely, I think you've come a really long way and you've been super dedicated to try and figure out what's been going on. And it's certainly been interesting too, even with dietary restrictions, you've had the ability to still fuel all of your activities, which I am always so impressed about. I think that's just, I'm like, man, that is a feat. We figured out <laughs> your crag snacks and your your crag meals, even with just trying to understand what's going on with the gut. So yeah, I'm, I'm excited to talk today and catch up, see where you're at now. And, and yeah, we'll yeah, go from I'm there too. Okay. So Something else that I've kind of struggled with in the past, and I think Caitlin can kind of like weigh on this as to why, but like part of what I had going on with my gut was low stomach acid, um, which kind of resulted in me not really wanting food in the morning or not being able to like process it. Also, Caitlin, again, jump in if I'm saying anything wrong. Um, no, nope, you're killing will, it. Yeah, I will say a big win that I've had in the past couple of weeks just with 
um, trying to have a better morning routine. I have actually eaten breakfast literally every single day for the past 14 days. And I do not think I have had a breakfast streak like this in years. Like I really I'm anti-breakfast. I'm very happy with myself (laughs) and like not even counting like eating at 1130 as breakfast, like actual breakfast. So damn. Well, so let's dive into that. I want to understand why breakfast became a habit recently. What did you do differently? Were there different foods that you tried? I know that you were stoked on these gluten-free bagels. Uh, (laughs) We talked about that recently. So what's changed to kind of bring about this, this new habit, new routine, if you will? Yeah, that's a really good question. So, okay, I kind of have had, I I sort of have, I don't really want to get into it, but I sort of had like a mental health breakdown when I got to El Salto, Mexico uh, last month in January. And I sort of realized that like I do things for my mental health, but I realized that certain things like just seeing my therapist like every two weeks or once a month was like not enough and that I needed to establish some better routines for not feeling like a crazy anxiety you know, not good place. Right. So basically I've started this habit where in the morning I wake up, I do not touch work things until I have read my book for literally as long as I want to Oh, and nice. eat breakfast. And sometimes reading my book as long as I want to is like five minutes. And then I'm like, okay, I'm ready to eat breakfast and work. And sometimes I'm like, I'm reading this for an hour. I need to know what happens. Obviously perks of running your own business, but also unperks of running your own business is that you wake up and go, oh my God, if I don't do it, no one will. So yeah, anyways, Karen I think and like, HR isn't going to deal with it. Yeah, exactly. Like pairing both of those things together and being like, this is important because I need to not feel stressed out because I'm hungry. And also because like my mental health is important. And yeah, so that's probably what's worked with breakfast and also not being like too picky with sort of what's happening with breakfast as well. Like I kind of decided, um, some days, some days breakfast is beautiful. And some days are like, I really don't want to eat anything. I'm just going to eat ramen noodles covered in butter. Cause that's the only thing that sounds sort of okay. And like, obviously we could get better, but like from the purposes of establishing the habit, like I've just tried to be like, whatever you want to eat counts. It's fine. So well, it does. I mean, there's no real restriction right on like breakfast foods at dinner or dinner foods at breakfast. And I think a lot of other cultures too don't do like classic American breakfast foods at breakfast. So I think that you trusting your intuition and really just saying, okay, nope, I know I need to eat breakfast and this is what sounds good and feels good for me right now. I think that that was a really great approach to that. So that's huge. And honestly, too, I love that it it sounds like you set a boundary with yourself when, you know, you realize you're like, okay, El Salto, you know, the mental health thing kind of sucked for a minute. So what am I going to do differently? And you made that change and it sounds like it's becoming habit. So, um, good job. Pat on the back. And I are like mimicking each other patting ourselves (laughs) on the back right now. So yeah, like honestly, I'm pretty proud of myself. Like I'm working with like a business coach. Shout out Chelsea right now. And like, you know, sometimes there are business wins, but a lot of times my wins are like, wow, like I've been not anxious for four days straight because I've been eating breakfast and making time to not be stressed out. Weird. Yeah, weird how that's like super important. How am I almost two years into business before like 
really realizing that I don't know, but here we are. And <laughs> it was a lesson that needed to be learned sometimes. So well, honestly, I feel like breakfast is often forgotten or intentionally left behind because it's just it's one of those meals that, you know, we all hear like breakfast is the most important meal of the day. And it's like, is that real? It it actually is. <laughs> it sets up the whole rest of your day. So how have you felt during the rest of your days now? Have your energy levels felt any different? How have you felt uh, mentally and digest? This is not a good way to ask this. Digestively. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta be a word. Gotta be. Uh, but no. also going yeah. into the rest of your day, you know, how has your day changed now that you've implemented this new habit? That's a really good question. I feel like, okay, kind of the before and after of this, if anyone else is a breakfast struggler, um, I see you, I hear you, I, I feel you. If you're like, I fucking hate breakfast. But like basically before when I would not eat breakfast, I would drink coffee, proceed to work until I would feel insane. <laughs> it's like, without, like be like, my heart's racing. I feel like everything bad is going to happen right now. And you know, like anxiety is bad. And partially that's just like the whole coffee on an empty stomach thing definitely isn't helping. And then I would yeah, basically no. just wait until I could not focus to eat. And then I would eat something, but I'd be so hungry that like deciding what to eat was completely overwhelming. And then I'm like begging Mike to make me food. <laughs> it was a disastrous way to exist. I don't know how I did it for so long, honestly. And like, it sounds like yeah. I'm exaggerating, but I'm not. That was every day. So now that I eat breakfast, I can like have energy and focus when I start working in the morning and I don't feel hungry for many hours usually. And then I can work for a few hours and focus and or go do stuff, you know, out, you know, go play, whatever. I don't I, I do things besides work, blah, blah, blah. But like, you know, go do that. It's really nice to be able to focus and have clarity and be fueled and feel normal for like four hours after having a good breakfast. So yeah, it makes a big difference and it does sound like it's become kind of like a reinforcing behavior yeah. change where you're like, if I do this one thing, this is how I'm going to feel. Yeah, and it's a virtuous cycle Yes, the old vicious one. <laughs> Absolutely. So because I imagine too, like in the past when you didn't have breakfast, you're like, why do I feel so fucking crazy? Like what's going yeah. on? And then now you're like, oh, right. Got it. <laughs> yep. Weird. Weird. We need to eat food. Strange. Yeah. So strange. Yeah. Well, so what else is going on? What's cool? Yeah. What yeah. have you been up to? Let's see. Okay. Big. I think the biggest thing I wanted to talk to you about was just kind of like so two pieces here. I guess now I'll describe to you kind of like what my week is looking like in terms of training. Um, and yeah, this is the kind of like big thing I wanted to speak about. So right now I'm in the thick of as this is being recorded, I'm kind of in the thick of ski season in Salt Lake City. It is March 3rd as this is being recorded today and it is finally snowing. <laughs> um, so I'm Yay. pretty excited to get out and ski when I can. Um and as much as I'd love to have like a, on this day, I go skiing and whatever, I kind of have to follow the snow. So that's one thing is that I've realized that after many years of being like, I'm not an endurance athlete and then realizing like, that's absolutely not true. You just hiked uphill for four hours. Like, yes, yeah, you are an endurance that's athlete. That's a lie. <laughs> yeah. But also I've started a new training cycle. Shout out coach Blake. Um, 
it's really hard. I think Blake is trying to rip my abs in half, but I did say I wanted to work on tension and developing core tension. So Be careful he has what you ask and for. I'm dying and my abs are never sore. And now they're really sore all the time. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yes, basically my training se- schedule looks like it's like three days of pretty, like a pretty hard climbing session. And then like one strength training day. And then I kind of go skiing like at least once a week. That's sort of what's happening. So there's definitely like some two a days happening here for sure. And some big endurance days. And I just don't want to be sore all the time. I've noticed I've been sleeping for nine hours and then needing like a 30 minute nap daily. Help. (laughs) (laughs) I need help. Help. I need help. (laughs) Okay. So let's back up a bit. Do you currently have any rest days programmed in? That could be active rest or a day that you're literally couch potatoing it up. I would say pretty much at least two days a week, I'm doing nothing. Okay. And the days that you end up doing a two a day, is this planned or is this something that you're like, it's snowing, therefore I will do the thing? Well, okay. I feel like what's probably going to happen more often than not, the two days will be like two climbing sessions. Oh, okay. Skiing se- well, not two climbing sessions. So I'd probably, well, I'll let, <laughs> maybe I'll circle back on this with you <laughs> later, but my plan sometimes is going to be climbing training in the morning, strength session in the evening. So probably like at least a six hour break if I'm doing that. But okay. yeah. And there might be some days where I would climb in the morning and ski in the afternoon, but it's probably always going to be morning climb later on either strength or skiing. Okay. So I'm a liar. Those are probably the two days that would be going down as it were. Okay. So So I'm actually glad to hear that they're more of the planned days because that'll give you a really good strategy to go into that day knowing already that you need to fuel up with more intention on... I mean, before, during, and after your first session, but also especially to account for that next session. So you're at least more recovered than you would be if, say, for example, you're like, I'm going to go super hard in the paint in the morning and then in the afternoon, oh, whoops, I'm going to suddenly do like a mega suffer fest up (laughs) the hill. And then, you know, you still hadn't recovered yet. So yeah, glad to hear that. (laughs) Sometimes that happens because people in Salt Lake are like, for socializing, we're going to do a 2,000 foot vert hike together at sunset. And then you're like, that sounds fun. I'm doing that, I guess. And then you're starving, which happened. That was me two weeks ago. So, wow. Wow. Okay. So, romantic friendships that are intense. Got it. Yeah. Well, we can circle back at, like, let's, let's talk about the, the planning aspect, but then also the kind of like, oh shit, I'm doing exactly what Caitlin and I talked about and she said not to do, but here we are. So, yeah, I think it's good to have a backup plan, even if your plans don't go to plan because that's life and that's normal. So I I definitely think that well maybe we can we can figure out first and foremost what time you're typically going to the gym in the morning. That'll help me understand uh, how to give you an example of when to time breakfast and then also mm. snacks around your session. So typically when would you say you'd go to the gym bef- for your first workout? Probably I would say around anywhere between 10 and noon is when I would leave for the gym. Sorry, that's like a pretty oh. big range. So, well, it's it's still helpful to know. So, and then typically when do you eat breakfast? I know that might vary, but 
I when would, say would you like, like to? I would say by 9.30 I've usually eaten breakfast. Okay. And then, yeah. So. Okay. So, of course, if you're going to eat, say, you know, aiming for that two-hour window before your session, I would still plan to have like a solid, well-balanced meal and, you know, your typical breakfast. And this should include your all of your macros, protein, carbs, and fat. And, uh, you know, just to make sure that you're getting a solid meal underway. And of course, the closer you get to your session, so say if you eat breakfast at 9.30 and then you go to the gym at 10, that's where it gets a little bit trickier. Yeah. But it doesn't sound like that's what you're doing. I don't think that's – usually I kind of like eat breakfast, wait until I've digested things, and then I'll go. So Cool. Good plan. Great strategy. Yeah. (laughs) So the difference is if you – say, for example, you eat breakfast at 8 a.m. and then you don't go to the gym until noon, that's a pretty big gap of time. Mm, So general rule of thumb, I'd say if you haven't eaten for three or more hours, you need a snack. And to make sure that you go into that session feeling energized, I would probably suggest something carb-rich just to make sure that you have – some quick usable energy. So do you have a snack like that that sounds like it it would be a good uh, pre-workout snack, something you've tried before? Yeah. Okay. So this is kind of what I'm wondering if I'm, if it's like enough, but usually what I'll do if I haven't, if I need to have a snack before I go to the gym, I'll have one of those baby food packets that are like 70 to a hundred calories. And that'll be it or I'll have one of those Stroop waffles, the gluten free. Yeah, those are good. So that's usually those are like my two like sort of irritatingly expensive but also tasty go to snacks before I go to the gym. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so are those like enough or do I need two of them? So it depends. How, if you look at the back of those packets and you look at the number of carbs, it should be roughly what you're aiming for in that one hour before your session is one gram of carbs per kilogram body weight. So I'm going to go ahead and base this on the data I have for you. Cool. And give you an example. Sweet. Mm. Okay. I'm also doing math. Oh, no. Okay. Hold on. Let me look up what's in the waffle. I'm literally Googling right now. Okay. Stroopwafel. <laughs> well, Sorry. We are act. We are live doing math right now because I'm like, oh no, I need to eat so many Stroop waffles. Okay. Well, there's a caveat there. So, okay. how let's let's uh, confirm our uh, grams of carbs. Yes. Okay. So I'm like about sixty is probably where yep. I'm gonna. Okay. Cool. cool. That's what I had. Everyone's like, so- oh, I can do math to figure out how much Lauren weighs. Bitch, I don't even know how much I weigh. I don't like to measure that. <laughs> like, who gives a shit? This is in People Magazine. Oh my this god. Is rough. Y'all are crazy. <laughs> I just accused everyone. No one cares. No one's like doing yeah. extra math. I'm so annoying. Okay. Um. Let's see. Okay. Ah, uh, this is an outrage. It's like four dollars for this snack, and there's only twenty three grams of carbs in it. Okay, Caitlin, this sucks shit. I cannot eat three of these. That's like ten dollars <laughs> snack. This is an, this is every day. Honey Stinger, sponsor me. Okay, all right. Okay, what so do I, yeah, here's the caveat. Okay. So this calculation is intended to identify what your body can tolerate. Okay, and cool. digest in time for your workout. So right it doesn't on. mean that you have to eat exactly that many grams of carbs. It okay. means you can eat up to. So okay. if you have a Stroopwafel 
or one of those baby food packets and that yeah. feels good for you, especially if you have those, like, you know, you're slamming them on the drive to the gym. That mm. might actually be a really great strategy. Ooh. So that's, you know, it depends too. So you might do really well if you're like walking into the gym, you have a baby food pouch and like that's your snack, you know? Okay. Wow. Does that now make I sense? need to know what's in a Snickers bar because this <laughs> seems like the more economical option. <laughs> well, the downfall, or maybe not the downfall, but one of the potential issues might you might run into with a Snickers bar is that because it is a bit higher in fat, Fat's mm. good. You have to remember that fat is good. We yes. talked about that during episode four. But mm. it's also important to remember that fat digests quite a bit slower than yeah. carbs. So we don't necessarily want that before a power session, for example, or when you're going to be like trying to, you know, okay. push yourself a bit. Okay. Well, the good news and the bad news is that there's not really that many more carbs in the the Snickers bar and then really right, it is just more other stuff but gosh well, dang it something yeah. else you could try if you're interested um certainly dried dates don't have to uh <laughs> toot your horn they're kind of good though I like them I'm pro date I pro date Lauren's pro date <laughs> dates <laughs> Sorry, I don't Pro know. Getting Josh a date, holler at the ladies listening into this podcast. Josh joked me, he's like, "You can maybe do that," but then I just decided there was a date pun in there, and now I'm doing it without his permission. Oops, sorry, everyone. <laughs> I did Josh this later. Rules, though, been friends with him for years. Post Send now, delete an email. later. It's fine. Good spray climbing at <laughs> gmail.com. Sent. Put your applications in. I'll review it. He's got Pro an amazing date. dog. So chill. Yeah, he he's the yeah. owner of the corgi, ladies. So <laughs> our poor producer, <laughs> what have we done to him? <laughs> but seriously, email me. <laughs> okay, so dates. We love dates. So dates. Uh, I know. I just said uh, higher fat is potentially not helpful. Um, but what I've done in the past with dates too before a session is I'll put fat-free cream cheese in there too so it makes Ooh. it a little bit more uh something that and i'm these like are like jalapeno poppers sweet edition yes exactly Ooh. because i don't know about you but if i have something boring that i'm kind of dreading eating i'm most certainly not going to eat it and that's yeah. just so we put the cheese way on it. it goes yeah so we put cheese on it because that's <laughs> yeah. my solution for everything yes uh yep i'm a new england girl so that's my life <laughs> Bagels. <laughs> you say bagels. No, I say bagels. <laughs> I'm walking here. Give me a bagel. Wow. Our New England listeners. I'm sorry. I lived in New Jersey for like a year and a half. I And I had a boss from Boston. Shout out, Lisa. I know what happens. I know how people talk. Many sometimes. apologies. We're but that, uh, that could become a good snack. You might also do pretzels or crackers mm. or something like that. Okay. That's a, a good option too. So choose cool. something that you like. And also there's a lot to be said about packing those convenience items, obviously not cheese filled dates, but other yeah. convenience items like bars, pretzels, crackers, throw those in your gym bag ahead of time so that you don't have to think about it later necessarily. Yeah. Okay. 
not that I don't love my honey stingers, but at the same time, like if we're just, if we just need simple sugar, like what's your favorite like bargain barrel sugar option here? Like if I had to, you know, go cheap, 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 I would say what you would approve of. Because sometimes I'm like, fuck, like I could just get a bunch of Starburst. Like, I don't know. And like, does it, like, you know what I mean? True. So (laughs) there's, there's a lot of, well, I wouldn't say there have been studies necessarily on candy, but because of the simple sugars in candy, that, that could be a good option. Um, Mm. What came to mind was actually just plain fruit snacks you can buy from Target or in bulk from Costco or Sam's Club. That's the really one, smart. Well, the one thing I'll warn is that if you look at the back and the first couple ingredients are high fructose corn syrup, it's possibly not beneficial because uh, high fructose containing foods can actually cause some digestive upset just because of the osmotic effect. I know we talked yes. about this. Yeah, we talked about that in episode four. Go back yeah. and listen to episode four. Yeah. Subliminal like, messaging. <laughs> but also we go over that a lot in episode four. Yeah. So, so yeah. That, okay. That's a good point. Cool, yeah, cool. Recap on that. So yeah, just make sure that it it does not say high fructose corn syrup or corn syrup for that matter, just because that may actually make you feel not energized. So um I I would say that's probably my my favorite or mm. honestly those honey sticks those oh. go a long way. Man, my grocery store I think has like only the pinkies up honey sticks where I <laughs> I paid $5 and then I looked I literally no. got a bunch of honey sticks. I was like, "Yay, honey sticks." And then I looked and I was like, there's only 15 calories per honey stick. Like I just paid so yeah. much money for no calories. This is irritating. <laughs> or a big old spoonful of your own honey goes a long That's way. That's true. We actually have honey in like one of those squirty ketchup bottles. You know what I'm talking Ooh. about? It's genius. I don't know why honey isn't just sold like this because it doesn't get all stuck and then you can actually like squeeze it out. Like, do you remember? Wow, side tangent. Do you tangent, remember? Tangent the, alert. A <laughs> goofy movie. Do you remember that movie? With the cheese whiz guy who <laughs> I think Lauren's a little bit too close to Gen Z to know what I'm talking I'm about. Right on the edge, but I am millennial. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> um so there I can't he always said something like he was like surfer skate bro basically and he had this container of cheese whiz that he'd like always squirt into his mouth and it was like the running joke. That was his character. I'm like, we got to get some honey whiz. (laughs) Oh, my God. Everybody go watch the Goofy movie. (laughs) I'm going to look it out of respect for you and your profession. I'm going to look it up after this. So I know what you're talking about. I'm excited. Next movie night, Lauren. Next movie night. Okay. Excellent. Cool. Side tangent over. Yeah. But but that's a good snack. (laughs) Cool. Sweet. Okay. No, I think that really helps with like my my fueling question. Side note about like nutrition consults. Caitlin and I have definitely talked about this before, but just being able to like recap on some other habits that I haven't like tuned in with in a while is actually really helpful and like yeah, I'm yeah, excited to implement that. In. Just like having a voice in your head being like, remember, this is what you do so eat that you something eat before something. your session. Yeah. 
but yeah so this stuff's really helpful well so cool cool caitlin i, have- I feel like we're feeling goofy like should we should we take a little break <laughs> <laughs> yes absolutely we should all right So for today's bit, we are introducing a new segment called Nutrition, in which I read something that I found on the internet that I find interesting. Repulsive. <laughs> what? Who said that? Um, and then we have Caitlin break down why it's wrong. And I will try to read through it fast because there's so much important interesting content to go over in this so caitlin are you are you ready oh i am ready let's hear it lauren all right this is like a game show you guys oh, what's the title fun okay so we'll start with the title and then i'm just gonna rip on through and caitlin you just do your thing all right you let me know when you're ready to talk okay <laughs> so the title of today's nutrition article is five foods you must Avoid if you want a flat belly. I did have to speak in capital letters. I hate that. Bad. <laughs> Bad. Care to elaborate? <laughs> it's just a bat like a it's a gimme title where it's like somebody who's unsuspecting is like, oh, I I'm interested possibly in that. And mm. of course they're gonna click on it, but <laughs> there's so much more at play than just eating some foods. Um, also, yeah, well, I'm interested to see what this article says. I got a lot of things to say, even without knowing. <laughs> just, just you wait. And and when oh, something God. seems a little ridiculous, wait 10 more seconds and it'll get better. Okay, cool. Oh boy. Oh boy. Okay. Just because summer is winding down, it does not mean you should let yourself go. And what better time <laughs> to lose weight than now? The first thing you think of when trying to see a loss in pounds is exercising. But there's only so much exercise you can do to lose weight. In fact, it would take hundreds of hours doing cardio workouts to lose a significant amount of weight. The majority of weight loss comes from eating healthy. For you girls that love eating, as I do, it may be hard to shed the weight. Oh, I'm sorry, I couldn't not read it like that because I'm a bad person. Go on. (laughs) I think it was important to read it this way uh, to get the Karen vibes. I just, apologies for those of you listening with this name. I wish it was a different way. (laughs) Your name's a meme now and we're sorry, but it's the way it is. Okay. What, unpack what's wrong. So what they say about, okay, training and exercise is not the only thing that's true support that it's everything that this person said after it that <laughs> was a problem for me <laughs> right on just saying like if you love to eat here's what else you need to worry about it's like well you can love eating and exercise and enjoy all of the above without killing yourself training, you know, extra hard uh, or restricting like crazy. And also the summer body, bikini body thing. Vomit noise. I like that we both vomit noise. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, anything else? Keep going. I want to hear what else I can. We haven't even gotten to the five foods yet. We're rolling. Oh, no. I don't even know if we'll make it to all of them. All right. All right. (laughs) Like, he might just be like, I can't anymore. Okay. So, 
all continue. However, if you swap out these five processed foods for healthier options, you can start looking and feeling great with your new weight loss. Yeah, big no on that front because <laughs> automatically swapping convenience slash processed foods for quote healthy like we don't even know what this person is quantifying or qualifying I should say as healthy but also sometimes processed isn't a it's not a bad thing all the time see like, episode one see yes repeat <laughs> enough episodes where we can do that exactly weird um but yeah that's problematic for me I don't think you need to exclude certain foods or like automatically adopt some like arbitrarily healthy list. Anyway, please continue. Barry, getting okay. some ragey sensations. Okay. So the first food is instant ramen. Instant ramen is probably the most unhealthy food of the processed foods to choose from when wanting to stay healthy. Mm. Sodium in one serving of instant ramen alone makes up 33% of your daily intake. But that's just one serving. And really, who only eats half a package of instant ramen? That means in one small package for a meal that will probably only hold you over for 30 minutes, there is 60% of the recommended daily intake of sodium. The sodium is what makes your stomach so bloated and makes it hard to lose weight. Oh my weight. god. Oh, no. I think there's a lot of things wrong. Like, I'm not a nutritionist, but it seems like a lot of that was not right. Yeah, I... Ooh, continue. I... <laughs> I feel like there's going to be a lot of um, buzzer alarming you. <laughs> <laughs> Potato chips. Potato chips are a combination of fried, oily, empty carbs and unhealthy, over-the-top flavors. Empty? <laughs> okay, can we please buzzer the over-the-top flavors? <laughs> you mean tasty? Oh, I'm sorry. Do you hate the taste of barbecue? Do you hate salt and vinegar? Do you hate jalapeno? What's over the top? Did you want bland potato chips? I don't know if I can read this anymore, Caitlin. I'm very mad. What can is over the top flavors? Can you list the other three foods? And then I would love to quickly unpack this. Okay. Yes. Okay. So we have deli meats. Oh, boy. Oh, I'm sorry. Do we hate prosciutto now? Because you're wrong. Yeah. Salad yeah, dressing. On you, lady. Oh, my God. What the hell? Wait, salad Oh, my God. White bread. Ugh. They're being attacked. And okay. then the last picture is just a picture of a big plate of hot dogs. <laughs> I don't... That's not listed, but there are a lot of hot dogs I'm looking at right now. So. Interesting. <laughs> so, I think what they're getting at here is that a lot of these foods tend to contain some preservatives, um, added fats... They're probably processed in some shape or form. But again, you don't have to exclude these foods to feel your healthiest or your best. For some people, absolutely, there's a, a bit of context there that maybe these foods don't help support your goals, but that's something that's related to your you know, your, your health, underlying health conditions, your medications, um, potentially your pre-existing conditions too, but that that's super dependent on the person. So to flat out say that all of these foods are going to contribute to not bloat bloat. Also that's, I, I mean, bloat is a very broad range of things and these foods aren't a hundred percent going to contribute. So, Oh, there's a lot I could say, but maybe we should end there. Yeah. Wow. I have some, so I have sodium question. We can, we can cover sodium later. Um, well, Joan who wrote this is an RDN. So 
that's fun, I guess. I don't know what Joan's doing, but this is a wild ride we've been on. And uh, thanks, everyone, for joining in to our first edition of Nutrition. 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 <laughs> we didn't We didn't plan to do that. Why is it Cowboys again? I don't know. Okay, <laughs> should we get back to my nutrition consults? Let's do it. Okay, so I think I'm clear on what I need to eat before my session, and I also have some great economical ideas about carbs <laughs> that don't involve me eating $7 worth of honey stinger waffles before I go climbing, so that's cool. But then, okay, let's say I think like worst, not worst case scenario, best case scenario for a super fun day where I do a bunch of sports is that I go like ski touring after for let's assume mm-hmm. I'm going to go uphill for like two or three hours and then ski down. It's going to be like three, four hour adventure an afternoon ski tour in Salt Lake City, something like that. So that's probably like the most aggressive day of activity that I'm going to end up having in this training cycle. And I guess my question would be like, what do I do between these two things? <laughs> yeah, good question. So uh, after this first session, because the goal after this is to, of course, start recovering. But yep. what becomes more important when you know you have this later session, that makes it all the more important to kind of plan ahead and make sure that you do really promote that you know, glycogen resynthesis. You know, We want to s- restore the glucose that we used. And then we also want to support muscle protein synthesis with protein. So cool, especially because later in the day, you're going to be, you know, pushing it hard again. So we want to make sure that you're, you're good to go. So I would say on your way home, you might have, let's say like a protein shake ready to go in your shaker bottle. Got it. So you could either have that already pre-mixed with water or you could fill it up at the gym. Um, yeah. So sometimes I'll just like put it in my shaker and then fill it up for the car ride home. Nice. And you might also consider something that's carb rich too to help support that glycogen resynthesis. So that could be, again, the same things we kind of talked about. It could be a bar, banana, um, honey. You could really get down on some stroop waffles. Uh, More stroop waffles. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Kind of depends. But I would say when you do get home, because it sounds like that would be kind of an maybe not like an automatic lunchtime for you, but I think yeah. that would be a, a really great time to have, you know, similar to breakfast, have your well-balanced meal with all macronutrients again. Mm-hmm. So that could be a variety of things based on what feels good for you. But I like to check that box right after yeah. my session. That's why I recommended that snack. Yep. And when you get home, you know, have have a normal lunch for yourself. And then as you get closer to your afternoon workout, um, whatever that's going to be, depending on how long it's been, you might also consider another snack. So yeah. do you roughly know how long it would typically be in between, say, like lunchtime and then when you'd go out and tour? For if I was going you touring, it would probably be pretty immediate. Um, if I was going to like strength train, I'd probably just do it at my house. So it'd be like quite a few hours. So I'd probably be able to like just have a meal and then like rinse, repeat the same process for the morning if I was strength training. Yep. But for touring, it'd probably be like pretty like it probably like 
eat lunch and then be off to the races within like an hour of eating lunch, most likely. Okay. Yeah. So in that instance, I probably wouldn't say that you would need another snack right away. And that's especially true if you have something quick after your session, then you go and have lunch. But in that scenario, what I'd say is make sure that you are like a snack bag lady and you have Mm. snacks everywhere. Yeah. Um, And that depends on how long you plan on being out, but kind of aim for like 15 to 30 grams of carbs per snack serving, if you will. Okay. And that could be a lot of the things we've already talked about. Certainly the like baby food pouches, you could bring Mm -hmm. honey, Um, depending on, you know, the level of intensity, you might even consider some nuts too, just because fats could be a good, a good situation there as well. Um, Jerky, certainly since, you know, you are kind of pushing it, getting additional protein could be good too. Cool. Okay. Yes, that makes a ton of sense. Also, my parents sent me a whole care package of jerky for Valentine's Day. Wow. 40 packs. Here you go, you jerk. Yeah, I don't know. They Somewhere (laughs) along the line, they thought like Mike and I don't like candy, which isn't true. So then they very much attached to jerky as a thing. Like, dear mom and dad, I still like chocolate. But like, anyways, this is unrelated. But we have a lot of jerky, so that's good. Let me ask you this. Like, let's say I'm going on a tour where I'm going uphill, probably at like, five to six out of 10 intensity for two to three hours. What's kind of my like 20 gram of like, I would say most of my carb snacks have about 20 gra- twenty to 30 grams of carbs. Like what's my like snack per hour needs if I'm so doing that? Really one snack per hour I think would be sufficient. Sweet. So, okay. Yeah. I think also too, if you kind of start to hit a wall, then I'd be like, yeah, I probably, you know, use that as a gauge to be like, God, yeah. I am hustling more than I thought I would. I'm going to have a snack real quick or, you know, maybe I'll have an additional one in like 30 minutes. So okay. use your, use that gauge. Like, of course you're going to be pushing it. So you will feel fatigued at time, right. but the goal is to keep you at that, like, you know, sort of linear place of mental focus, still energy to push it. And also just, you know, that that maintenance pace. Sweet. Okay. That's a really good rule of thumb. Cause usually I pack, I just don't even know. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. I'm like, I'm not an endurance athlete. Like I don't, what's fuel. And then it's a mess. But now I'm like, okay, one snack per hour that I anticipate touring, which is probably, yeah, I can't tell you what that would look like in terms of vert. Cause it really depends, but okay. That's really helpful though. I'm like, Oh my cool. gosh. I needed like one sentence from you for more clarity. This is so nice. I literally was just living in a box of like, I think I'm supposed to eat when I walk uphill for a long time, but I don't know how much to eat and I don't know how much water to bring. And I think I'm supposed to have salt, but I don't know. So now I feel a lot better. Oh, I guess my salt question. Yeah. I like these cliff block snacks that have salt. They're the watermelon. Oh, those are so good. No, they're the margarita ones and the watermelons of the cliff blocks. And they have extra salt in them. Is that is that good? Absolutely. That's okay. fantastic. Um, the one thing I'd say is definitely fluids are still important. So yeah. I think the general rule of thumb is like seven to 10 ounces per like 20 minutes. But of course, if you're not like sweating, it, it kind of changes that. Okay. But fluids are still going to be pretty damn important, um, especially while you are, you know, sucking wind in the desert. Well, obviously it's Salt Lake, but like the dry air. <laughs> oh, it's dry. Yeah. And okay. you're at it's high elevation too. Yeah. 
Yeah. Okay, cool. Usually I feel like I have my water like pretty dialed. Like cool. if it's a shorter tour, I go with like half my pack full. Couldn't tell you how many ounces it is. So I probably don't actually know if it's dialed or not, but I don't feel <laughs> super dehydrated. Like I feel like good. I have enough water. Um, but yeah, that's a good, okay. Rule of thumb on the snacks. Sweet. And then I assume after this large day, I'm probably going to have a pretty darn big dinner and maybe even some ice cream before I go to bed. Oh, hell yeah. Definitely yeah. big supporter of that. Um, like we said with breakfast and lunch, well-balanced. Um, your recovery meal, because it's the end of the day, just make sure you do have good protein. You know, we've talked about portions and all that stuff too. Mm-hmm. So make sure that, you know, you're you're definitely hitting that. Um You'll also, of course, you know, keep in mind that carbs are going to be really essential in that time point too. And then make sure you do cook with fats because you do, you know, you need fats as well. And a bonus is colorful vegetables. So that'll also help you recover too. I feel like on a day like this where I'm doing all this, like the fresh fresh veggie situation is going to be pretty abysmal apart from my actual meals. But I think (laughs) that's just like usually dinners where we're like, and we're going to make up for a lot of the vegetables I didn't eat earlier today. And that's just like what's happening. So yeah, that's reality. I think, I mean, I do the same thing if I'm being honest, you know? So I think a good way, like if you feel genuinely and generally like you struggle to get those fruits and vegetables in, um, you know, you might consider a greens powder. It's not going to solve all your problems and it's still really important to eat the whole fruits and vegetables, but that can help kind of fill the gap. And also it's, it's like a good peace of mind routine just to, you know, be like, okay, well I got something today. Yeah. That's a really good point. I know I always make like when I go to train, I usually am putting like a hydrate powder and some BCAAs. Like I'm already mixing a bunch of powders. I probably should just like put a greens powder in while I'm at it. So yeah, I mean, it's up to you for sure. Like they do make like multivitamin powders as well. Mm, um, okay. Or, you know, you could take a multivitamin too. Um, I think that that just helps fill the gap and it's a good way to, you know, check that box again. So Um, I do that. I also do a greens powder just because I know that, especially in the winter, it's like, I don't necessarily want to make salads. I'll do soups, but sometimes time is limited, unfortunately. So that's the way it goes. Sweet. Well, I think that helps. I feel like that knowing what like worst case day could look (laughs) like and like, no, like worst case in terms of risk of not eating enough food and being starving at an Indian restaurant at 9 p.m., which is what happened one day. That's a story for another day. It was it was it was bad. Well, make sure you don't go to bed hungry because that'll impact your sleep, too. And technically, you're going to be in an overnight fast. So you just want to make sure that your body has what it needs to really start recovering. So cool. No, last like kind of tangential question on this is that sometimes I feel like when I'm out for like big days, um, I kind of just like gravitate towards like convenient. Okay. I don't want to s- call it gas station <laughs> food, but I'm just okay. going to throw out an example really fast. Yep. I'm kind of like, wow, today I bet it's going to har- be hard for me to like get in su- a sufficient amount of calories. Like I better just eat whatever sounds good. And so, for example, I was in Joe's Valley last weekend and I was really hungry and I knew it was going to be like, a two-hour car ride before I got home. So we stopped at a gas station and then I might have bought sour candy, a bag of jerky, and also a Snickers bar. And then I think I ate all of it. 
like literally like the whole bag of sour candy I want to say probably was like 500 calories or something but I was like it was cold it was like literally Joe's was covered in snow and we were bouldering mm. yeah all day so like what do you say to that like is that not that like like I want to get calories in and sometimes I'm like I just want to make sure I ate enough so I'm gonna like grab whatever looks good to make sure I'm eating enough food but yeah, yeah I guess like what are your thoughts yeah I like I like that you sat and thought there and you're like, okay, I got to get calories. This is what I want in the moment. And that's what you opted for. So certainly, you know, you know this too. It's like, there's a lot to say between sports nutrition versus basic nutrition. There's right some on, overlap, yeah. but I really do think that, um, you know, getting, getting those calories in, in that way is not a bad thing. And there's certainly nothing wrong with convenience items because I do think that at the end of the day, it's just, you know, it's it's a, a strategy to get energy, get fuel, um, get those calories that we do need to replenish in. And certainly it's, you know, we've talked about this too. It's like, you may not eat gummy bears every single day. Yeah, that's a good point. I'm like, this was one time, like usually I come better prepared. Like it's not really yeah, a big deal yeah, to do like that. I, I think having that be like, especially it an occasional time point where it's like, oh shit, I didn't plan my like drive home snackies well, that's okay. And I definitely think that there's really nothing wrong with doing that. Um, obviously, you're eating other well-balanced meals too. So I think that, you know, we talk about the average over time too. It's like less about the single time point, more about the the average overtime. Average climbers being average, average overtime. Take in weighted average. Yeah, I'm just going to start <laughs> saying math stuff that used to mean something to me. But nice. Okay, that helps. No, even just like talking about that, I'm like, this is this is silliness. Like, yeah. And I kind of thought about it and I was like, I'm picking carbs with the sour yeah. candy. I'm picking protein with the jerky and I'm picking fats with the Snickers yeah. bar. So technically this is really good. You got some balance there. <laughs> yeah. And I'm sure you went home and you had like, you and know, I had a, a real meal. With like meal. Yeah. yeah. And I would say too, if, if you felt like good, you know, like of course there's a lot, <laughs> there's a lot of weight in that word. But um, if you felt genuinely like you were like, okay, I, you know, I'm, I'm feeling like I needed the energy. I was really cold the whole time. I really need to refuel. I think that kind of like what you said, that's what you were gravitating towards. And I think that that's a really great strategy. So yeah. yeah. Well, I think we're almost at about an hour and I feel like I have tons of actionable stuff <laughs> to move forward with. So nice. I feel like this was a very successful consultation. Um, yeah. Birds, thanks so much, you know. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Lauren. Definitely great questions. And for anybody listening to, there are lots of things that Lauren and I have dove, dived, dove in, dove in, dove in into <laughs> in the past. And it's really cool to see that we're at a point of talking about sports nutrition. And yeah, it's, it's definitely yeah. Stoked. Stoked to hear uh, yeah, about same. it. Yeah, same. Like to go from like, I hope I can eat foods without <laughs> feeling horrible yeah. and having a stomach ache for four hours to be able to like strategize about like what I can eat to have like really big fun days of doing lots of sports yeah. is like definitely coming a long way. Yeah. But thank you all so, so much for listening yeah. in. I hope this was helpful. Um, You know, we're still in the, you know, it's episode five. So we're still figuring out what format works, what y'all are wanting. We have a lot of, a lot of cool 
cool things on the docket, which is really exciting. Yeah. So hopefully you enjoyed listening to me ramble about my problems and hopefully they are relatable to you. So yeah. Caitlin, do you want to tell people how they can how they can consult with you? Uh, this is what Caitlin does. It's her job. Yeah, weird. <laughs> <laughs> Not just giving you uh, Not just blind, me. <laughs> blind info. Um, so yeah, I work with clients one-on-one. Uh, all of my coaching is done virtually. And typically we look uh, kind of like what I did with Lauren initially. We take a look at your health history, your family history, any symptoms that you're experiencing along with lab work as well. And that gives us the basis for learning where to go, also understanding your goals. And we'll consult in an hour-long call to start and then bi-weekly calls from there typically um, after your nutrition plan is created for you. So everything's custom, built for you, adapted to your lifestyle, and you can contact me. Uh, We'll put my contact info in the show notes. But Yeah, I I would love to work with you. And even if you're interested in scheduling a clarity call to find out more, you certainly can do that as well. Sweet. Yeah. And there's a whole other like, yeah, Caitlin has like an app. So there's a lot of like paper and like written down things. You can actually like look at what (laughs) the plan is. too. So it's not just like talking to Caitlin and being like, well, hope I remember all that. Oh, yeah. You're not on your own. We definitely uh, it's a lot of support. And that's what I'm here for. And you know, accountability too. And plus it doesn't hurt to have a cheerleader being like, you're You awesome. ate a snack. Yeah. Which is <laughs> no like judgment. True. Judgment-free yeah, nutrition like, zone. The other day I literally like sent Caitlin a voice message and I was like, I'm doing too much stuff today. Like, how do I fix it? I'm going to be all hungry. It's going to be a big old mess. And then Caitlin was like, calm down. This is the snack you're going to eat. I'm like, okay, sweet. So yeah, having a nutritionist in your corner is pretty rad, especially when Caitlin's your nutritionist. So <laughs> thanks lauren (laughs) okay well i think we can probably wrap it up there sweet and everyone listening cool yeah thanks this was great yeah 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 all right until then keep it average bud lauren here i hope you enjoyed today's discussion now i'll close us out with our production credits and some announcements if you're looking for one-on-one nutrition coaching caitlin has your back You can book a free 15-minute clarity call with Caitlin by tapping the link in our show notes. Additionally, I'm excited to announce that Camp 512 is back and ready for action. My eight-week group program for sport climbers will help you get tactical, work on your mindset, and get you ready to crush it when you head back outside this season. You can learn more about Camp 512 by tapping the link in our show notes. The Average Climber podcast is hosted by me, Lauren, and my co-host, Caitlin. You can find us on Instagram at The Average Climber Podcast for antics between episodes and updates on when new episodes are coming out. You can also find me on Instagram at Coaching and Caitlin on her Instagram over at Dirtbag Nutritionist. This show is produced by Josh Hafley with our favorite furry production assistant, Stubby the Corgi. The music for this episode was created by Devin Dabney of The American Climbing Project. Make sure to check out his podcast if you haven't already. You'll laugh, you'll learn, and you'll introspect. The Average Climber Podcast is a part of the Plugtone Audio Collective. Head on over to PlugtoneAudio.com or find at Plugtone Audio on Instagram to learn more about the other great shows on the network. See you then, and until next time, keep it average.